This week, we boldly go where 10 films and 6 TV series have gone before with Star Trek. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John Rooney at the Calm. And today we are joined with a very special guest, our first repeat guest. He is one half of the comedy music duo Tiberius. How fitting for this particular episode. Their uh, debut album can be streamed on Spotify. It's entitled We're Here. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lorenzo Toya. Hi everyone, download the album. (laughs) <laughs> Good night, <laughs> ah, Lorenzo Bot. Good to have you with us. Uh, Plug Bot Five Thousand. Yeah. Good to be here. Download the album. <laughs> I say Tiberius is apropos because this week we are discussing the 2009 J.J. Abrams space opera spectacular Star Trek. And apropos means appropriate. That's right. I'm fancy. Oh, I thought it was Greek for lens flare. <laughs> That's right. Uh, directed by the writer of Gone Fishing. Jar Jar Abrams himself. <laughs> written by the writers of the terrible Transformer movies. And with the stars of Princess Diaries 2 and Boo! A Medea Halloween comes Star Trek. <laughs> a movie about Star Wars characters dressed as Star Trek characters doing Star Wars things in a Star Trek universe. <laughs> Am I wrong? It just sounds like I set up to a great buddy comedy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. Han Solo and Captain Kirk cruising throughout the galaxy, laying pipe everywhere they go. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Trek begins, as all movies do, with a big fetishistic close-up of a sweet spaceship. Yeah. That is exactly how Titanic started. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, that's it's right. very unexpectedly how Predator starts. Yeah. Casablanca, yep. uh, Citizen Kane. Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. Some <laughs> like it hot. Clear and present danger. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, not Patriot Games. Yeah, no. <laughs> but definitely Schindler's List. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that was in Liam Neeson's writer. <laughs> yeah, that ship was huge. <laughs> And also the only thing in color in that movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It was a real, like, Roger Rabbit, Cool World, Pleasantville kind of thing. It really stood out. The spaceship was animated by Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah, so, it, was, it was a real monkey bone. <laughs> so Star Trek begins with the USS Kelvin, an Enterprise-esque ship soaring through space, doing what Star Trek spaceships do Star Trek space things. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're really going to need Lorenzo to uh, to pipe into this episode, because he, uh, uh, more than any of us, is certainly a Star Trek fan. Sure, so yeah, one thing that I've Despite the out, fact that he is clearly wearing a vintage Star Wars t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that was interesting was that the movie opened up in an era of Star Trek that we've never seen before, 30 years before Kirk. We've seen a good 100 one. years before Kirk, we've seen 100 years after Kirk, but we've never seen this era, so that was kind of cool. But they also got to take whatever liberties they wanted, so I'm sure that's why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie begins with you know, this, the USS Kelvin, and we meet the captain and like first mate Helms and all these people. 
And then a giant... Uh, we meet a very important helmsman. Uh, we'll get a there. Hemsworth helmsman. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, a helmsman? Yeah. Eating oh, helmsman's mayonnaise. Maybe that's why you got the role. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They cast on uh, last name. The casting now. director just stopped reading after Helm. <laughs> Which is funny because his name doesn't have an L in it. Well, yeah. it was mistyped as well. Last oh, right. Year. <laughs> Chris Helmsworth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brother right. of Liam Helmsworth. Right. Of the great Helmsworth fortunes. <laughs> oh, the Australian Helmsworth? The very same. <laughs> and then, out of nowhere, what appears from a black hole but a giant pile of sticks and pointy things. Yes, yeah, the Wicker Man. The Romulans designed themselves a Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah. That explains all the bees. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's uh, short a good Nick Cage or two. <laughs> Yeah, so the last time you see uh, Spock is in an episode of Next Generation, the Unification two-part episode. And he you is... do not have to tell me that the last time we see Spock is in the Next Generation two-parter episode. I have to the tell Unification. him. Unification. <laughs> Pointing to Mark, I have to tell him. You uh, also absolutely need to tell John. So it's like a hundred-something years after uh, original series takes place, after all the original movies take place on Discovered Country, Final Frontier, and Spock is an ambassador. And uh, I'm not going to explain everything, but... Yeah, right. But what I'm trying to get at is a giant ship made out of H.R. Geiger's cocaine-fueled nightmares (laughs) comes out of a black hole and just attacks the USS Kelvin Mm -hmm. because they're in a blind rage. It's run by the Romulan minor Captain Nero, played by Eric... Hulk Banner. That's it. I'm trying to think of one other character he played. Yeah, what else was he ever in? Uh, Eric Hector Banner from Troy. Wasn't he in... No, he was Uh, in Munich. Eric... Israeli guy from Munich Banna. Was he really Hector and Troy? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, he's the guy who gets uh, special moved to death by Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, tough break, Banna. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Fun fact, he got all those tattoos permanently placed on his face for this movie. That is really fun, especially because this is that unexplored era of Romulan history where they were super into tribal face tattoos. (laughs) Well, they were going through their, their late 90s rap rock period, you know. Sure. A little late. Yeah. <laughs> like they just well, got Limp Biscuit in 2230. Right, because the radio waves hadn't reached the, what is it, Remus is the Romulan planet? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, and Beastie Boys is very, very big now. It's in 2250. Uh, yeah. So yeah. The, Beastie the Boys. music timeline really works out. Well, well I think yeah. we all know that they have staying power. That's right, yeah. They are the Mozart of our time. Yeah. They will endure into yeah. the ages. Definitely the Mozart of our time. <laughs> So this giant Romulan chick, uh, ship, this giant Romulan chick, uh, appears out of nowhere and attacks the Kelvin with advanced weaponry, tears it apart, and then Nero hails the captain, uh, tells him to come aboard, and uh, wants to ask him questions about, oh, where's Spock? I need to find Spock. Do you know Spock? And he's like, I never heard of Spock. And he's like, what year is this? And the captain's like, year? It's this earlier year. And the guy's like, eh. And then you mean we've him. traveled back in time? That's right, yeah, and then the Huey Lewis and the News song, Back in Time! (laughs) Uh, Right as the captain of the Kelvin gets stabbed in the heart by Nero, deeply, putting George Kirk, father of Captain James Tiberius Kirk, at the helm of the Kelvin. Well, not yet. Uh, He's not a father yet. Uh, He'll be a father in about a minute and a half. Uh, We don't want to get into the debate of when life begins. Let's let's we don't we don't want to get too political here. Good point. This is a Mondale podcast. (laughs) 
Uh, but you you are bringing up an, an, a good point, which is today is take your pregnant wife onto a Federation starship day. Yeah. <laughs> Because who should be on that starship other than George Kirk's very pregnant wife? Yeah. Bad timing. Yeah. yeah. George uh, gets her on a shuttle and sends her away against her protestations. He stays behind uh, to man the ship until it crashes. He's going to be Because quiet. autopilot doesn't work. Because the autopilot has been disengaged. It was then, explained to then us. Then he sets the autopilot to fly it directly into the center of the ship and it works. <laughs> oh no, he manually drives it there, but he's got to hold his hand on some joystick or something. Although he never has his hand on a joystick. Yeah, no, there's that Atari joystick is... that's on the, the armrest of the captain's chair. There is also literally a scene at the end there, as Mark points out, where he types in collision course and then goes to, like, hide behind a bench or something. Yeah. yeah. No, he just sits in his chair super comfortably, just going like, well, this is it. This is how I die. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You throw your car in neutral, you're at the top of a hill. You're not autopiloting your car down the hill. You just set your course and let fate do the rest. No, right. but I am mainlining all the coke I can find <laughs> off of the dashboard. So the Kelvin <laughs> crashes uh, into Nero's ship, doing very little ship to the... Uh, Fucking Todd McFarlane's <laughs> even tied horror ship flying around. I just want to see how deep your bag of uh, describing Nero's ships yeah. as pop culture insanity goes. We're getting there, buddy. It's going to get creepy. Uh, and so. It's a big ball of tentacle sex in space. That's right. It is. It's a... like that time Dolly illustrated those H.P. Lovecraft short stories. <laughs> yeah. It's the hentai version. Ugh. I mean, uh, the title's already right there. It yeah. is. <laughs> Just before he dies, he hears the sound of his baby crying, and they name the baby Jim, Jim Tiberius Kirk. Flash forward several years later. Uh, three years. Three years to the, to Iowa. It's been three years, and James Tiberius Kirk <laughs> is now a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. I'm sorry. In my, in my defense, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think three was the number, guys. I got confused because later on there's a three-year time yes, jump. Yes. That does happen later on. We have a several-year time jump. It's an indeterminate time yeah, jump. And we're into the posh cornfields of Iowa. Posh. Yes, the posh cornfields of Iowa. Yeah. And we're shown the sweetest old car cruising down the street. Mm. And inside this car is a young... James Tiberius Kirk getting yelled at by his stepdad for stealing his car. Yeah, like how all kids today love stealing their fucking dad's horse and buggy and cruising it around to some gramophone music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick, what's the benefit of being best friends with J.J. Abrams? What? Oh, uh, uh, you get to be in literally all of his movies <laughs> all of the time? You get to voice an angry stepdad over the phone? <laughs> over Great work. phone. Great work, Greg Grunberg. <laughs> <laughs> The James Tiberius Kirk uh, very successfully evades a future space cop. On uh, a he's a planet motor- cop. Sorry, a future planet cop on a space motorcycle. He's a fucking THX 1138 space cop robot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so space cop robot 5000 chases down his uh, fancy old car. Uh, which is playing Beastie Boys Sabotage for some reason. It's the only Because he's real into classical music. Right, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. super into classical music. And so uh, he chases him down. The kid f- basically uh, sends the car flying off a cliff, Ferris Bueller's Day Off style, and uh, barely survives for the cop to, I assume, arrest him and send him to a work home? The cop just asks him his name, and then the scene cuts to a different scene, so we can only assume that that's the end of their interaction. Yeah, one wonders what happens there. <laughs> do you think Do you think he's like, what's your name? And he goes, 
James Tiberius Kirk. And the guy's like, ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. You're the guy who's whose dad blew up in that shit. I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> just uh, just take your time. Do what you want. Do you yeah. need a, do you need a ride? Two, James, hey, 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 hey. Two. Nice power slide, kid. Nice it power does slide. seem really fucking weird because I guess the scene is in the movie to establish that James Kirk is a bit of a rebel, a bit of a risk taker, but like literally that's also every other scene in the movie that he has. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why show him as a kid only to never show him as a kid again? Ever again. Beastie yeah. Boys was playing? Ah, you got oh, it. There was there some go. awesome Beastie yep, Boys playing. Yep. That was awesome. And there was like that wicked old car. That was pretty sporty. That's true. It had been about 10 pages since we had an action yeah. beat. Correct. So. Yeah, Correct. This is the most. That's what it was. It was a 10 page time jump. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this, this goddamn movie. I, I, I have mixed feelings about this movie, but one thing that is for damn sure is this is the most calculated action beat script movie I have seen in a very... <laughs> oh, this like, thing... You can set your watch to the time yeah. where it's like, well, we're 12 pages in, we need to establish the pathos. Oh, we're 20 pages in, we need to establish a romance. I mean, this thing, it follows Robert McKee's story to a T. Yeah. Like, it follows the Sid Field screenplay book, <laughs> just like to every single beat, for sure. It's very formulaically written. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, whatever, that's fine. I have a great time watching this movie. It's a lot of fun. Moving on. Uh, we, uh, there's another, We're not going to lose our commercial deal. There's now another indeterminate time jump, probably six pages. Take so, us to Vulcan with your dulcet tones, mister. Well, we uh, get to see how fucking boring Vulcans are and how uh, intellectual they are. And there's just a bunch of student Vulcans. And it looks like you can see in the background that all these other student Vulcans are picking on other student Vulcans. Like, maybe Spock's not the only student Vulcan to be picked right. up by other students. Yeah, Vulcans. we see this giant, like, uh, basically, like, the Vulcan school, which is a series of just, like, pits, yeah, video it's, pits. It's like honeycombs of learning. Right, right, little math baths for kids to learn in. Uh, Spock, which they did follow some canon. I mean, Spock in, uh, in uh, Search for Spock, uh, you know, when he comes back and, you know, his chakra has been, like, replaced and he's back to himself again. He's, like, sitting in front of a computer and they're asking him a bunch of endless questions and he's answering them endlessly and that's what this young Spock was doing yeah. so that's a little canon yeah. that's true. except old Major. Spock didn't know what love is right and nor would he for many many years do any of us John god damn Patrick right. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus wow. why do we have to get so deep <laughs> so anyway Spock gets picked on by a bunch of Vulcan bullies because he's half human half Vulcan and because you won't stop wearing that Morrissey t-shirt <laughs> yes. also in J.J. Abrams land, no matter what species you are, no matter what circumstances may change about your childhood, it's all pretty much the same every fucking time. Doesn't yeah. matter if you know your dad or don't, you'll still be James Kirk. Doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, look at Jack Shepard from Lost. He knew his dad and that didn't help him much. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter uh, that Vulcans uh, okay. are different All right. species. No, it did help him because he learned very valuable lessons about letting go, which allowed him the spirit of mind to release his wants and desires to become the smoke monster at the end of the series, thus serving as a security system for a godlike character, this case Hurley, who actually wanted to stay in the island, which, as we all know, is the source of all life. Mm-hmm. But not upon the introduction of the series, which sorry. is what we're talking about. We're at the introduction of the movie right What here. the hell are we talking about? I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, I think we're talking about I think we're talking Lost. about Godfather 2, right? No, we just spoiled all of Lost for everybody. Smoke actually. Monster, that's that's not yeah. Fern Gully. 
No, no, no. no. <laughs> that's an oil monster. Yeah, that's an oil no, no, monster. No, no, no. Smoke uh, monster is the bad yeah. guy in X Files. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's the smoking man. Smoking oh, man. Right. Yeah, I know no. you're thinking of the smoking gun from JFK. <laughs> oh. Ooh, no, you're no, right. no. You're right. You're thinking of the smoking gun from Rambo 3, all of the guns that are smoking. You don't get to tell me what I'm fucking thinking. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. wait. Let me put three fingers on your face. Oh, no! Yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking. It's Rambo 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we start talking about Rambo 3 soon? <laughs> uh, tune into our previous episode. Audience, write in. <laughs> I jumped John saying audience write in, so Just it will record. make it less impactful when he does. <laughs> record your conversation that you have with our episode of Rambo 3. <laughs> Please send it to us. Burn that onto a CDRW. <laughs> Not a CDR. We want to be able to reuse it when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an, I got an episode of Seinfeld. I want to get most of it on there. <laughs> it's an AVI file. Surely it'll fit. Okay, so yeah, I believe we were talking about nerdy things, you guys. <laughs> Wait, which one? So speaking of nerdy things, has Spock Ricardo gets... Maltabon showed up in this movie yet? Oh uh, no, he's Benedict Cumberbatch oh, now. God damn it, that's yeah, the worst. That is the worst. I mean, I guess he can act all right, but he doesn't have the chest muscles. That's all I'm few of us do. <laughs> so Spock gets bullied, and we find out a little bit about his half-human, half-Vulcan heritage. We <laughs> learn that Vulcans still go by the old standby of your mama's a whore. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it doesn't even mean if you're a different species, middle schoolers are the same across the universe. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so we go into the future. And we got to the future, and we see Spock about to graduate from the... I guess Vulcan school? Yeah, from Vulcan school and get accepted into Vulcan University. Yeah. <laughs> a full Vulcan ride. Yeah, to fucking the MIT of the Vulcan right, world. Yeah. And they're just like, you did a great job despite the fact that you're a halfie. And he's like, the fuck? <laughs> I quit. And they're like, you can't quit. And he's like, I just did. Starfleet, Vulcan mic drop. And then he walked away. Live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. He super passively aggressively says live long and prosper. Yeah, it's a good Yikes. thing that the Vulcans don't consider sarcasm an emotion, or there would just be <laughs> nothing for Zachary Quinto to act. <laughs> Cut to the future, Iowa. A little less posh now. This one is definitely three years. Yes, no, it's not. No, this God is still damn not it. the three years, John. No, I'll let you know when it passes. It's 12 pages. Captain James T. Kirk, not a captain yet, just a drunken hillbilly going to drink at a bar to hit on hot chicks. Yeah, right. And he's he, twenty-five. He, yeah, I don't know why the age. You know what the age? Let's stop talking about the age of these guys. <laughs> he's not twenty-five yet. He's uh, twenty-two at this point. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's yeah. twenty-two at this point, uh, and he's in hanging out in this shitty bar. And who should walk in but? Uh, uh, Lieutenant Uhura? She's mm. not a lieutenant yet. She's not a lieutenant yet. She's, uh... She's a cadet. Yeoman. Like academy. Yeoman yeah. Uhura. Cadet Uhura. A provost Uhura. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> provost? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is and neither do you. <laughs> nah, dude. We're back on the regent system in the future. <laughs> so Uhura walks into the bar, orders a bunch of drinks with funny names because it's the classic. future. Yeah, yeah, Budweiser Classic. Uh, the champagne of beers, right. I guess. <laughs> no, it's more like the Mad Dog 2020 of beers. <laughs> no, you don't understand. In the future, Budweiser went with new Budweiser, but everybody really, really hated it. So they had to bring back Budweiser, and they called it Budweiser Classic. Oh, is that is there a Miller Clear in the future? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, i got to get some I believe it's actually, extra. I believe it's called Crystal Miller. <laughs> 
Moving on, Uhuru tries to order a bunch of drinks. James T. Kirk hits on her. She's like, gross. And then he's like, oh, but I'm smarter than I look. And she's like, ooh. And then a bunch of guys beat the shit out of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe they entered by saying, uh, is this townie? Is yeah. It yeah. Townie? yeah bigotry. Townie. bigotry is alive and well <laughs> in the 23rd century. Is this townie yeah. bothering you, says me, the current frat boy? <laughs> At this bar that the establishing shot showed to us was in the middle of fucking Iowa. <laughs> Like it's it's bar, gas station, and cornfields, uh, so and we're like, "Hey, townie." Yeah, and you know what? All of those people are going to be driving. I mean, did, that was all a, of those people are driving zoom out like yeah. hovercraft back. This bar. Yeah. yeah, they're all driving like hypersonic hover yeah. vehicles. Boy, oh boy. through the night. Let's hope they have a bunch or of. Maybe they have like THX eleven thirty eight designated drivers. Yeah, I hope so. In that famous scene from THX 1138 where they pick a designated driver. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it certainly wasn't going to be fucking Donald Pleasance. That guy was drunk before he came in today. (laughs) And that makes two of us. He's been at the bar since two o'clock. Guys, I just want you to know we're ten minutes into the movie. uh, And we haven't even gotten to space yet. We haven't even seen a star. Let alone a trick for them to follow. So it turns out that this bar fight is really, I guess, an entrance exam for James T. Kirk. Because an admiral's just like, I like the way you lose a fight, sir. And he's like... Yeah, I don't care. And he's like, your dad saved 800 people on a starship. And he's like, shut up, old man. Now, Lorenzo, I believe you pointed out that there was a factual error with the body count of the uh, USS Kelvin. Yeah, back when Kirk and Spock were doing their five-year mission, the starships didn't hold more than 450, 500 people. Uh, Not until Picard's time where they held 1,000 people and actually did start allowing families on the spaceship. So that is a little messy. But we are now in the Kelvin timeline, which starts when Nero goes back in time. So I guess when uh, when the Kelvin's destroyed, they decide, let's let double the amount of people on ships. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, before, because there's double the amount of people already on the Kelvin. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. here's why, there's 400 officers on the ship. Each one has a pregnant wife. <laughs> bring your pregnant wife to work day on the USS Kelvin. There's a, there's decided. a poor there's a poor accountant just saying, "Sir, what are the casualties?" Well, I guess that really depends on when you think life begins. <laughs> it's either eight hundred or twelve hundred. Nice, that was a nice little circle. Well done, guys. Yeah. Uh, so good night, on. everybody. Download the album. <laughs> so moving on, moving on from the death of pregnant women. <laughs> James T. Kirk uh, is offered a place in Starfleet by Admiral Christopher Pike, or Captain Christopher Pike at this time, uh, and he thinks it over overnight, long enough to basically wipe the blood from his face. But not a shirt. But not a shirt. shirt. Uh, And then he drives his sweet motorcycle, which has the sound of the Jetsons motor behind it. But here's what's bullshit about that motorcycle. It It has wheels, just no spokes. Right. It's dumb. <laughs> That's all. But it does go... What is that, magnetism? I guess, but, like, why... Just make it hover. We know you have hover motorcycles. Mm. We saw them. Mm. Were you talking about Star Trek Beyond? No, I'm talking about, like, two scenes ago when THX was chasing oh, the wow. sabotage car. Sure, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, he is, he is a townie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he salvaged these parts from the local junk shop. Right. Sorry, guys. He's got his leftover Suzuki. <laughs> so he... <laughs> He gets on the uh, he gets on the little shuttle, taking him 
to uh, space to join Starfleet, and he meets... And not before he gives his Suzuki away for free to <laughs> yeah. He just gives it to totally some rando, it. and yeah. he's like, he's like, nice bike, and he's like, it's yours, and he's like, ooh! Uh, I'm on shift, I don't have the time to park your dumb bike, even but he's, if you're giving it to are me. Are we allowed to take tips on the <laughs> He's one of those manager, ex- manager. manager. <laughs> I need a manager, please. He's one of those. I love it about it. He's one of those extras who like knew he's like, all right, I'm getting five seconds of screen time. I gotta make it all count. <laughs> so as soon as he flips on the keys, he gives like the biggest reaction that he could possibly do. Because what he's doing is he thinks he can do like Bill Murray did in Tootsie, where the director's gonna like me so much he's gonna put me in a bunch of other scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. if you if you can if you turn on subtitles for that scene, you can see he said. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> also, he, I'm he pretty Tim sure the Tool Man Taylor grunts <laughs> that's it, that, at the he keys. Tim the Tool Man Taylor grunts in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk is on the shuttle and he meets. Uh, he did nothing to get on the shuttle. Everyone else is in full uniform. Yes. He studied for years. No. <laughs> he he fills out no paperwork. <laughs> His qualification so far is getting beaten up and I guess playing with a. Toy Toy spaceship for a second. Oh, and stealing no, a no, car. No, guys, doesn't care guys. About his and it wasn't property. a toy spaceship, it's a salt shaker. Guys, like every college kid knows, Kirk is a legacy hire. Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. Is. He's being taken into Phi Beta Starfleet, <laughs> and this is where he meets Leonard Bones McCoy. Yeah. Played by Carl Urban. Duh, you, the you, Judge Dredd. Yes, you might know him from the movie Dredd. I don't or as one Lord of the, the writers, <laughs> the lead writer of Rohan from the Lord of the Rings movies. And, yeah. Was he the sister of Liv Tyler? Yeah, he's the sister oh, of Liv Tyler. Boys will be girls, gender is a no, fluid concept. He's not of Liv Tyler, of uh, Miranda Otto's character, the blonde lady. Oh, like, yeah, he's like her like cousin yeah, or yeah, yeah, uncle okay, or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, so moving on from Silmarillion related bullshit. He, first of all, he pulls off like a great Bones impression. He does yeah, he does a pretty good job. Bones, yeah. yeah, he does a really good job impersonating a performance from 30 years prior. Come now. Uh, <laughs> instead, of creating, instead of creating his own character. That's what he was hired to do. Yeah. To be fair, he's awesome in this movie. I love him, for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, he's all bummed out about going into space. And then, I wouldn't describe that as bummed out. He is having a panic attack. True, he's having yeah. a 100% panic attack. Panic attack, yeah. and he's listing off like all the horrible things that could happen on this flight. While everyone around him is just like, "Jesus, are you saying this ship could blow up right now? Wait, are you saying I could get sick right now?" Well, I mean, the thing is, like, going into space at this point is like taking an airplane ride. So there's always going to be that one panicky guy who's just like, "Dude, it's as safe as crossing the road." Like, I know. Calm down. They Statistically, you're not going to die in space. The problem, you know, what the problem is, there's not that one guy to tell Bones to make fists with his feet. Yeah. Make fists with your toes. Oh man, my favorite Shane Black directed movie. God damn, Die hard one. God damn you, John. Moving on now. Finally, we jump ahead three, three years. Three years. Wait, this is no. John was filming Shane Black. He totally you, missed his opportunity. You know that we jump three years because Kirk's last line before we do it is four, four years, years. I'll do it in three. Yeah, and then that, it says, and there's a goddamn Chiram that says three years later. And a Chiram? Yeah. A Chiram. Yeah. What's a Chiram? Is, is that a chimera that didn't finish growing? 
Well, if you remember the beginning of the podcast... Is it a Skyrim that's populated entirely by chimeras? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly... If you remember the beginning of the podcast where John suggested... The beginning, suggested, of course we the do. The beginning, where John suggested he was on the comm. Oh, right. The beginning? Is yeah. that when we ate bread at the top of the show? Yeah. I want to make fun of everybody now. Fuck all of you. We're 30 minutes in. We're only 10 minutes into the movie. I don't care. This will be a two-parter. <laughs> Just because some audience right in and tell us if it's a true partner. Does that mean I get double the pizza? Yeah. Hey, have fun uh, editing this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so Skyrim inhabited by Chimeras. Yeah. All right, that so. That leads us to the graduation ceremony? No, it's that mod. Yeah, so it's in. They go to space, they see the thing. It's in the future now, three years later, uh, and they're, Kirk is just about to take. The Kobayashi Maru test. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and but before he does, he stops for a little bit of R and R, by which I mean having sex with a green lady. Yeah. A little Kobayashi Maru, if you get my drift. Do you talking about having sex with a green lady? I'm talking about a green lady in a no win situation. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were laughing too hard to hear that joke out. To the annals of history, <laughs> he like carried the ball just across the end zone line. Didn't he like just it. tapped it in the paint. Just barely able to make it. <laughs> I mean, it was golden. Like I'm not denying it. <laughs> so, so Kirk uh, uh, has a little steamy makeout with a sexy green lady, and then has to hide under the bed when her roommate comes. And who's her roommate? But oh my gosh. Uhura! Budweiser Classic herself. <laughs> Crystal Miller herself. Yeah, and she overhears that there were there was a lightning storm and it destroyed like 57 Klingon vessels and he overhears that and it's a thought that is just brushed past. We don't even think about it cause because there are he's two too busy. He's too busy admiring the male gaze of the camera yeah. wandering yeah. up and down. Yeah, uh, Zoe Saldana's body. Yeah, not or one, Zoe but Seldana. two ladies in yeah. their underwear. Yeah, I am very surprised, and I applaud the restraint of Mr. Jar Jar Abrams by not ending the scene with a pillow fight followed by a tickle competition. <laughs> <laughs> Although the camera is shaking a little bit. Moving on, because uh, he's jerking off. Moving on. Uh, uh, no, that's what the lens flares are, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah, actually, those lens flares were only manufactured post-production to cover Jar Jar Abrams masturbating on the set. Yeah. I cannot the wait for Jar Jar Abrams to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my crowning achievement. Hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> my gift to you, humanity. <laughs> Realizing that two letters can mean two things. <laughs> oh, hashtag jerking it with hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> Moving on. Kirk is now taking the Kobayashi Maru, a test he's told he will fail. But what happens, Lorenzo? <laughs> he wins. What? Download the album. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, James Tiberius Kirk, as the original James Tiberius Kirk in the original timeline, the better timeline, uh, had, <laughs> had occurred. He uh, cheated on the test and he was the first, uh, first student to ever pass the test. And this really peeves me, because in the original continuity, hearing that he cheated at the test, it's left very vague as to, like, how he cheated. So in my mind, I always assumed he had... 
some kind of clever workaround, or like he turned the riddle of the Sphinx on top of itself, or he did anything that wasn't just be a huge smug asshole yeah. for like ninety straight. Yeah. Literally, seconds. all he does is he hacks the mainframe right into the Gibson. Like, God damn you, John! <laughs> you stop with your fucking hackers references. My problem with this scene is like, what about this scene is supposed to make me like Kirk more or make him cooler, right. it's or not, better? He's or eating an what? apple, bro. But He's like, no eating one, an apple. Like, does it humanize him in an interesting way? No, J.J. No. Abrams actually said in an interview that the reason he's eating an apple is because leading men look cool when they're eating apples. Ah, That's why Jesus. he's eating an apple, because he looks cool doing it. Right, like, like he cheats I mean? in this test in the most obvious way where all the monitors flicker for long yeah. enough for everyone to say, what's going on with the monitors? They might as well have skulls that laugh at them, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or just like a little Dennis Nedry going, ah, 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 you uh, didn't uh, say uh, the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. There's actually a great book trilogy that follows Kirk through the Academy called My Brother's Keeper. Oh, and, wait, uh, sorry, they... I'm Lor- Lorenzo, we're not doing Extended Universe on this <laughs> one, I'm sorry. Oh man, I read the Throne trilogy for nothing. <laughs> Footsteps departing, door opening, closed. <laughs> Where we really had to move on. <laughs> so Kirk gets busted by Admiral Medea of yeah, Admiral, Admiral, Admiral Medea. Admiral Boo of Medea Halloween. She can't Admiral the family that prays house. together. Admiral uh Temptation of a married woman, whatever it's called. Uh Admiral, Alex Cross himself. <laughs> yes, Alex Cross himself Yikes. uh uh accuses Kirk of cheating. Spock, who was the programmer of the Kobayashi Maru, uh, confirms and is like, you cheated. Because he obviously did. And Kirk's like, who cares? And then Spock's like, fucking everybody, bro. This is your job. (laughs) You're joining a, like, not global, but universal peacekeeping, like, body. I don't know. I don't know. Ingenuity has got to be, like, the top, top. Yeah. Top uh, ability of a uh, Starfleet captain. Starfleet captain, yeah. yeah. Ingenuity. No, it's feeling fear, actually. He makes it very clear that the most important thing about being a captain is being fucking afraid. <laughs> I suppose that, that's a key aspect as well. And before and before they can continue arguing, uh, Admiral... Oh God, this is my favorite part of the whole Admiral movie. Admiral Medea gets a little little uh, call in his Nokia. He gets a little text. Wrist quarter, yeah. <laughs> and finds out that a... Uh, Vulcan's in trouble. Yeah, Vulcan is in trouble with weird uh, atmospheric and geological uh, disturbances. Yeah, so he dismisses the Academy and sends literally 100% of Starfleet to go to Vulcan right now all at once. No one stays behind. Which isn't true, because some people are left behind because at the end when they're attacking Starfleet, there are people there to watch. Yes, yeah. with no ship well, or ability are- oh, to yeah, do yeah. anything. Yeah, they just, send, they just leave behind like the students and like the Goonie kids who were well, in Well, McGonagall fucking- was there too. Oh, McGonagall, yeah. they left her. It's basically everybody that was in detention that day. Yeah. It's like basically the, the Starfeet Black Breakfast Club was left behind. Yeah. The Bad News Bears. <laughs> well, if we learned anything from the end of the Breakfast Club, that's a top-notch group of people. 
Yeah, if we learned anything from the end of The Breakfast Club, it's that John Bender goes home and his dad still beats him. That's what we've learned from the end of The Breakfast Club. You can make all the friends you want in high school, your dad's still gonna flick lit cigarettes at your face for being late for dinner, John Bender. Put your hand down and stop singing Single Minds. In his defense. Simple Minds. In his defense, John Bender's dad didn't learn anything over the course of that. (laughs) Moving on. Please, yeah, we're like 47,000 minutes into this. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so we go into space, we finally see the Enterprise, the USS Enterprise, the Crown Jewel. It is a sweet shot. Yeah, it's a great, uh, big, beautiful, just like... I will say this flare fueled shot. I'm gonna be honest with you. Given the two, I'd take the one in that pacing problem riddled Star Trek one, where they're like, "Ooh, look at the new ship." Even the 30 minutes of just like, yeah, even where you get like the guy who's like waving people in, doing flips and shit because he's in outer space and they think it's neato. Yeah, that's way cooler than this fucking mess of a show. That was justified. I think the last Star Trek movie we had since before 2009 was 2002's Insurrection. No, Nemesis was the last. But by the time the movie came, by the time Motion Picture came out in '79, they hadn't seen a shot of the Enterprise for in like, a decade. Yeah, like so, like that least. was all for the fans. That 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30,000 minutes of uh, Enterprise, footage, and it was golden. They all loved it. Yeah, yeah we don't love, I it, love now, it now, but now. They, yeah, well, yeah. okay, I it's, do. it's quality spaceship it's slow. porn. Yeah. Is, you know, it's quality spaceship porn. Didn't uh, Robert Wise direct Gone with the Wind? I mean, isn't he like? Oh, I don't well, know. Why? He's like old school man. He wasn't. He wasn't right for Star Trek. But you're right. But Shatner was always. <laughs> Go climb a rock. <laughs> always. Uh, Lorenzo does insist that we end the podcast by singing "Row, row, row your boat." In rounds, in rounds, yeah. in rounds. There's we'll no get there. We should try that. Uh, yeah. Oh, we will. All right. I like how you say we try that. Like it's a mountain we have to climb. Surely, no human in history has ever sung well, we, "Row, row, row." We better row, do it perfectly now that you're yeah. giving a shit about yeah. that. Now that you're making it seem so easy, I know, John. Yeah. John, do you even know the words to "Row, row, row your boat"? I mean, it's right there in the title, right? <laughs> so you know the first yeah, no, no spoilers, four words. No spoilers. Moving on, we're in space. We're almost on the ship, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost there. The Enterprise, the Enterprise uh, is revealed, and uh, again, it's covered in just like cum streak, (laughs) cum streak lens flares all over the place. Apple store in space. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the genius bar got into Dad's ecstasy pile <laughs> from his rave days. Even the newest Enterprise in uh, Into Darkness and Beyond, they're just like, let's cool it on the yeah. white iPhone look, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's like, tone it down, guys. Yeah. yeah. So they get on the Enterprise and we meet, you know, the rest of the crew. We met Chekhov, we meet Sulu, Pike takes command. Uh, and then there's a whole big wacky series of coincidences where Kirk realizes, oh, there's a lightning storm in space. Uhuru saw these things, Klingon ships getting killed. Uh, Vulcans being attacked with lightning storms. Oh my gosh, it's the giant spindly daddy long legs crawling out of fucking... Uh, uh, yeah, the Hieronymus clock. Bosch painting yep. <laughs> after go. us. Wow. Wow. I like that one. Wow. Some of our <laughs> listeners just got extra credit. <laughs> uh, turn in this podcast for an extra college credit at your local community college. Yeah. yeah, before you mail that CDR to us, make sure to slide it past your teacher's desk for a gold star yeah. approval. I remember when I listened to that awesome, awesome 80s action movie podcast to get extra credit in my art history classes. <laughs> Cut to the Enterprise coming out of warp and uh, 
face okay. with an entire starship graveyard floating in space uh, that they're forced to maneuver through on a pretty cool little scene. Uh, and then they are attacked. it's been ten pages since we've had an action beat. <clears throat> right. And then they are attacked by the gnarled, grisly witch fingers yeah. of a ship. <laughs> that is Nero's That's yeah, my ship. Favorite. The, That's the my steampunk favorite, yeah. clockwork squid in space. <laughs> <laughs> the spaceship version of the robot spider from Wild Wild West crawling through the Wild Wild Space of Vulcan. And they are zapping a giant laser down into the planet Vulcan. And they attack the Enterprise, and they're about to blow it up until Nero, the captain, says, Wait! Show me the hull! Zoom and enhance! And he sees that it's the Enterprise, and he knows that Spock is there! And he's coming for Spock! Played by Eric Bana, who is a very charming, very well-rounded performer, has about four lines, and three of those lines are, Spock! Spock! It's hey. like he is the crusty old dean in all of those college <laughs> movies who just can't stand Beta Kappa Spock. <laughs> well, Beta Kappa Spock shouldn't have stolen that other school's mascot and thrown it in the pool. Spock! Also, for the record, if Spock had a fraternity, it'd be Lambda Lambda Spock. <laughs> Spock House! <laughs> Are you saying that Spock is one of the nerds? No, absolutely. Okay. Come on. How could he not be? Uh, so, so uh, the evil Dean attacks the nerdy Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, For but, its lunch money, presumably. <laughs> yes. Presumably. And that's why he hails Christopher Pike to bring him aboard, to take his wallet. <laughs> yeah, he's going to hold him upside down over the toilet and, and shake him shake all out. out the yeah. coins. Yeah. Right, yeah, he sees the hull, and he stops attacking them blindly like he did with all the other ships, and then he kidnaps Pike. He asks yeah. for the captain to come aboard, right? Yeah. And not Spock. Even though right. he says right. that he knows that it's Spock, but we also know that at this, I mean, because we've finished the movie, listeners, we know that Spock, <laughs> Spock himself has been marooned on a nearby planet to watch the planet being destroyed, so why does he need both Spocks to watch it be destroyed? I don't know, but I like how you explained to our audience that we're not watching the movie in real time. Yeah. No, guys. We we're totally clearly, finished. We're clearly not watching the movie in real time. We're only 20 minutes into the movie. Listeners' footsteps depart. <laughs> oh, no! So Yeah, this, this podcast will not sync up with your movie in a meaningful way. A la Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. And I don't know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I guess. Is there one for that? But if Yeah, you... the Johnny Depp one. No. But if you play this uh, over the entire series of Band of Brothers, it fits perfectly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's Colin Hanks. <laughs> So, this also works with our Fargo commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Christopher Pike is going to get on a shuttle. He's going to go over to the uh, uh, the all of the shark's teeth that have been pushed forward at one time. And they're covered in green ooze from uh, seeing an episode of You Can't Do That on Television. Uh, he's talking about the ship, audience, right. yes. in case that's not clear. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, and he's running low, so, running low. <laughs> so Christopher Pike uh, gets into his little shuttle, and he's got Kirk and Sulu and a red shirt guy. Uh, they're going to dive down onto Vulcan and blow up the giant mining laser, because that's what's stopping all their communications and transporter capabilities. Right. So they jump out. They jump out, and the red shirt, it just cannot see death in front of his face. 
Yeah. Uh, he is careening down. Sulu and uh, Kirk open up their shoots. They're yelling at Redshirt, whose name I've already forgotten because he's Jimmy a dickhole idiot. He's Olsen. Olsen, yes. Yeah, hopefully he's Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Olsen. Notable newspaper boy, right? Yeah. Open Jimmy your shoot. Open your shoot. And he's like, nah, guys, I got it. This is going to be cool. I'm going to, like, I don't know, wait till the very last second to make it. Rad? Yeah, I have no idea what his. I, I I've seen this movie twice now, and I still don't know what the hell he's trying. And this to do. guy went to school for four years. Yeah, for this. Four years. This is his first mission out. You know, he's you like, have to wonder about the teacher who was just it. passing him along <laughs> on <laughs> platform parachuting. Oh, this guy's just gonna die in the first mission. Yeah, no, no, fuck him. Let him well, go. Let him go. You know what the thing was? They should have just sent the descendant of Swoop. Uh, no, yeah. the thing Whoa. was actually uh, fucking Kurt Russell the whole time. <laughs> oh no! I thought it was Keith David the whole time! <laughs> A common mistake. <laughs> uh, so he opens his chute way past the point where it would do any oh, good yeah. and immediately gets sucked into the exhaust of this laser beam. Is it exhaust? Cool Isn't that the actual, like, drill? It's mechanism? the actual laser. Yeah. He gets zipped into the laser and is immediately annihilated. It's awesome. I and now, this is where the, the Federation's perfect planning uh, seriously prevents poor performance, where they say, oh no, that one guy had all the charges yeah. we needed to plant on this space laser drill. Not our bridge officer, Sulu. Not this <laughs> no. apparently perfect guy, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, instead, uh, Sulu had to make room for his... Robot sword, Correct. and Kirk had to make room for I don't know his ego. ego. Yeah, yeah, ego, ego, and ego. balls. He has a whole extra and backpack just for cojones. An apple just in case, I guess. Yeah, if he needs to be smug later on. <laughs> I don't want to spend like a lot of time on this. But, Too late. Uh, how the fuck is this drill supposed to work? Uh, it shoots a laser into the planet, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, man. Drills a hole. And then you drop the... A... I thought that was pretty... Yeah, I, mean... thought, I thought of all the things in this movie, that was the easiest to explain. It's just a big, like, <laughs> like column of fire, though. It's not What do you a think laser. a laser is, you idiot? It is. It's fire. a giant... It's a giant dangling... light. It's a giant dangling string of barbed wire yeah. and like thrown out like lawn furniture yeah. taped together that yeah. shoots a giant laser beam into the middle as of a planet. As far as I can tell, it is a flamethrower on the end of chicken wire. That's absolutely And somehow right. it drives the drill right to the core of the earth. Yes, that's right. It's. That's I will right. say the coolest part is when Sulu takes out his like folding knife sword. Yeah, just his keeps robo unfolding. sword. The bone sword from Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have a they have a cool fight. They pick up the guns. They start shooting yeah. at the laser beam point. The laser falls apart, and jeez, uh, it? It's not soon enough. Oh, and then Sulu goes to fall off the edge. Yeah, yeah. Sulu. Yeah, Sulu chooses to fall <laughs> off the edge. But they're like standing there for so long because that's when they Spock goes down to Vulcan because not yet. No, see, they're, they're waiting to get transported up, but before they can, the laser breaks off. Right. Uh, because they've dropped the red matter already. Yeah, they dropped the so red matter. So they are falling off. So Sulu trips and falls off. Kirk dives after him in a free fall, grabs him, pulls his chute. It just pops right off. Chekhov realizes that he can target them while they're moving. And so the 17-year-old punky Russian kid proves that communism truly is best and saves Kirk and Sulu from falling into a pit. Woo-hoo. And just as they get back on the Enterprise... 
Spock is going back down to Vulcan because he's going to save the Vulcan High Command. Yeah. That's what they're called, right? Right. The Vulcan High Command? Yeah. yeah, and they're so high and in command that they're logical enough to be standing in a cave. Uh, in Holding what, hands. During what seems to be, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, they think it's just an earthquake. Sure. So they're standing Despite the cave. fact that the giant laser beam shooting into the planet is maybe 200 feet away? Maybe. Oh, yeah, she did see that yeah. laser beam yeah. from outside of her house. The giant yeah. column of fire is very visible. So, yeah, there's no logic happening here where they're per- preserving their culture in this planet that's surely about yeah. to destroy. Well, and that's the thing is they're the cultural forebearers of Vulcan. They clearly didn't attend the Math and Science Academy of Vulcan. <laughs> right. They went to the philosophy school of Vulcan. So, so Spock uh, runs in and he's like, the planet's going to be destroyed. And they're like, oh, we don't need culture. And they're like, going to run. <laughs> and uh, that's where one of my favorite deaths happened. Right, yeah, so they're just about to uh, uh, get beamed off the planet by Chekhov when... uh, Well, Chekhov says everybody has to stand perfectly still, even though two minutes ago I proved it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) And just before they're beamed, Spock's mother uh, is standing on an outcropping of rock. It breaks. Outcropping. She plummets. That's right, outcropping. Yeah, I like that. Uh, And she plummets down to the ground, and Spock yells, and then they get beamed up, and Chekhov can't... Get her, and when he comes back in the ship, he's the ship. He's still yelling, reaching for. It's actually a very affecting scene. Uh, Spock and the Vulcan High Command are now on the the Enterprise, and they very, by the skin of their teeth, escape Vulcan as it implodes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Turns I, into I a can't big dust ball. I can't remember the order of things happening, but I guess Kirk has an argument with Spock, and Spock says, "I." As the acting captain, unilaterally and without court-martial, hereby banish you forever to an ice planet. They blast him out an airlock. Yeah, yeah he lands on Hoth. His yeah. tauntaun yeah, freezes before he reaches the first marker. Exactly, Hoth. And he saw us all in hell. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, there's a big wolf monster that gets eaten by a big cloverfield monster. Yeah, a big red cloverfield. Tries to eat Kirk, but, but then Kirk, doesn't eat Kirk. He dunks into the Cave of Destiny, where who but Spock <laughs> Prime is there Whoa, to ward Spock off the Prime? beast with a stick and fire. But John... How is this Spock Prime different than Spock? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so He transforms into a pickup truck? (laughs) (laughs) With flames on the side? That's against uh, the darkness. I'm going to defer to to Lorenzo. Uh, Just go ahead and explain the fucking time paradox thing that's happening. So like I said, Admiral Spock is Admiral Spock in the original timeline, and he's going to save Romulus. It's going to be destroyed by this solar flare in the original timeline. He's got this red... Antimatter, red matter, what are they called? red, red matter. matter, red matter, and uh, the solar flare takes over. It creates a black hole. It uh, sucks in Spock. It sucks in Nero's ship right afterwards, and Spock comes out, and Nero throws him to the planet, and uh, and steals his red matter. It steals his ship along with the red matter, and he leaves Spock there to watch Vulcan be destroyed as Nero watched Remus be destroyed. Yeah, which is brutal, man. That's the most metal thing to do to somebody. Yeah. Especially to make that person in two points of their lives watch the same traumatic event. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. real metal. That's it's that's some Norwegian shit. That's some, <laughs> that's some church burning shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Spock uh, recognizes Kirk immediately because, of course, it's his friend of years and he doesn't look different because it's an alternate timeline. Although he does kind of look like that guy from Princess Diaries too. 
Right? Yeah. <laughs> and not so much like that guy in the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so yeah. that was a little weird. You're right. He doesn't look like George yeah. C. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> or George Takei. Or Walter Koenig. Or Leonard Nimoy. Or any of the other people he who are in He does seem to be uh, in possession of his own hair. Correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's only wearing one girdle. Yeah. <laughs> but he's but he's wearing just as much makeup. Yeah. yeah. And his karate chops are just as questionable. <laughs> Correct. So he mind melds with Kirk. He explains everything that I just did even better and in a much stupider voice. <laughs> yeah. Because his podcast is way behind on time. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically what happens is Spock's like, hey, there's a Starfleet base around here. We gotta get you back to the ship so you can explain to Spock, like, what's going on. And so they go across little ice planet and they meet Montgomery Scott, or as you might know him, Simon Pegg. Or as you might also know him, Scotty. Very nice. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. uh, and Scotty, uh, Simon Pegg, 100,000% nails the tone of Scotty. <laughs> it's it's real great. He also nails the plot and what's going on when he says, are you from the future? Yeah. And just knows immediately what's going on. It's yep. pretty incredible. Yeah, and he's been marooned there for a while, and there's a little bit of jibber-jabber where basically, like, Spock's like, oh, you're the Montgomery Scott that did transwarp this. And he's like, yeah, I made a dog disappear, bro. Yeah, here's the thing that really annoys me about the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Jar Jar Abrams? Jar Jar Abrams. Hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. Uh, Aside from the fact that there's Gungan subtitles, which I do not need, (laughs) uh, that language is just comprehensible enough to be irritating. (laughs) But more to the point is each movie seems to solve a fundamental piece of technology technology in a way that makes Star Trek obsolete. This movie completely negates the need for starships to ever be a thing because he figures out, oh, here's an equation that, Scotty, you will have written in the future. I'll just give it to you now. I, Spock Prime, the guy who should know better, will just tamper with this timeline because fuck it. Right. Right. Uh, And he gives him the the equation to allow, uh, like, transplanetary... Transwarp. Transwarp. Yeah, basically the ability to You can warp warp from planet to planet at warp speed. Right, and you can warp from something moving at warp speed. Yeah. So meaning if the the Enterprise is moving at a warp factor of four or whatever, you can still beam off onto somewhere else without disintegrating or turning into a chud or something. It should have changed the universe 100% between the two movies. Right. (laughs) Now, it's it's no worse than in Into Darkness where they literally solve the problem of death. (laughs) Correct, yeah. Uh, so they they beam up to the Enterprise and uh, hijinks ensue. Yeah, there's a fun bit of uh, Charlie Chaplin hijinks there. God, I was trying to skip this. This is like the fucking Rathtar sequence in The Force Awakens. It is completely dumb. It is purely there to fulfill the 10-page action beat formula. There's right. no reason for this dumb scene. It's just, Kirk gets beamed and he's like, oh, look, I'm in the little thing. Everything's good. And then he hears a knocking behind I'm him. I'm just the guy from Brooklyn. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm Captain Kirk. You know, I'm just a guy and I just do things. Hey, I'm doing... That's my Captain Kirk impression, as played by John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, how you doing? I just got back from the island of too many bombs. <laughs> Additional <laughs> reference. So many references. Uh, so, so, and then Scotty gets uh, put into a 
tank of water that that has like endless amounts of like Chuck E. Cheese style tubes <laughs> leading yeah. throughout the engine room. And there's like a propeller that's only job seems to be to cut the water yeah, into right. pieces. Okay. Apparently, uh, no. starships run on a Rube Goldberg system. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rube Goldberg. <laughs> Ruth Goldberg Ginsburg, our, our, the first female and also mechanical Supreme Court yeah, judge. Right. Oh she was a mechano lady. No, it's amazing that if you just want an opinion, you'd crack an egg in one side. I haven't witnessed a train wreck in a while, boys. <laughs> oh, download that album. Yeah. <laughs> so Kirk uh, and Montgomery... Uh, Scott, Scotty, it's fucking Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> I don't know why Scotty. I feel the need to say his whole name. Yeah, Montgomery Scott. Uh, no, so Kirk and Scotty are taken uh, captive by the Enterprise guards and brought up to the bridge. And Spock is just like, and then Kirk is following out Spock Prime's order, which is this: to take captainship of the Enterprise. He needs to trigger an emotional response in uh, Spock Beta. And he does so by basically just giving him his own one-man Don Rickles routine. Yeah, it is so much of like, your mama's so dead, you don't even feel sad about it, you monster. <laughs> yeah, what, what I like about this is after the court scene uh, where Spock does this to Kirk too, you have two guys with like deep emotional trauma about the loss of their parents, and they have absolutely no inhibitions about laying into each other about that. <laughs> Because earlier Spock's like, I mean, you know what? You have to know a no-win situation, Kirk. Because your father. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, damn, guy. How did your dad win his way out of that Kelvin? How'd that work out, buddy? (laughs) Spock, you know he didn't. I do know he didn't. (laughs) I'm trying to be an asshole. (laughs) Spock. Uh, so Kirk manages to elicit an emotional reaction from Spock. Spock says, I am emotionally compromised. I'm going to grab a tube of cookie dough and be in my quarters listening to, I don't know, Fugazi, I guess. Yeah. It was sa- the, the, sabotaged by Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a Smith's cover of Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. It's super sad. <laughs> Kirk takes captainship of Yay! the Enterprise and immediately tells him to turn around. We're taking the fight. No, this is real Nero. shitty what Kirk does. So Kirk gets on the the comm system and says, uh, hey everybody, I've just taken over the ship. It's me, your buddy, Captain Kirk. Uh, Spock had an idea to follow regulations and I think that's dumb. We're gonna go fight instead. So the- As Spock is walking back to his chambers in disgrace. You can hear all of it. Yeah. And like passing, it. passing by all these people were just like, is that the guy they're talking about? Look at that guy. He's the guy who was leaving in disgrace. <laughs> so look at him spooning all that cookie dough in his mouth. <laughs> Someone walks by him and goes, Oh, Spock, you farted. <laughs> Is he listening to the cure? Gross. <laughs> Doesn't he know about the space cure? <laughs> that that future version of the cure, the cure tribute band from space? So Spock cuts his green-blooded veins in the bathtub. <laughs> because his blood is based on copper, not iron. I am smart! <laughs> Are you? It was a copper tub he was in, too, so... Kind of you one with the tub. The math, the math bath? What the hell <laughs> yeah. is going on right now? <laughs> uh, if there's one thing this podcast does, it stays on the rails. <laughs> oh. 
So, audience, you may have noticed you listened to exclusively the first take. (laughs) Kirk takes the Enterprise right back at Nero. He's going to go get uh, uh, Pike. And what they figure out is they can beam aboard the ship uh, while they're there and they can hide behind Saturn because Nero's on his way to Earth to blow up San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they hide behind Saturn uh, Kirk and uh, a newly promoted Spock, well, demoted and then re-promoted yeah, right. to first uh, first officer. Yeah, well, he, he walked he, onto the bridge and he's like, yeah, you got me. You nailed it. You're right. Yeah. And now they're all one. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. He walks in, he puts his uh, cookie dough wrapper in the trash can, and he's clearly ready for action. Scotty's there, and now they're all together. Yeah. yeah, you get like that, The you get the Joss Whedon-like, Oh, the whole team is together for the first time, Sean. Instead, instead of like the cool hero shot from Avengers, where it's like spinning around them and you see them all ready for battle, it's literally just a static shot of them standing around, going, oh, "I guess we're gonna go do this now." <laughs> I mean, in defense of Jar Jar Abrams, uh, hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. The most action-heavy sequences that is that are like physically demanding of the actors while on board the Enterprise is to hit buttons real fast. Right. So you can only, there's only so many ways you can Kirk make that dramatic. Or Kirk to punch one another. Right. Yeah. Sure. Or to sway wildly to give the uh, illusion of a ship shaking. Hey, that's how quality swaying. It's been, it's been, it's been working for half a century. Yeah. Am I right? Bam. Yeah. So they uh, they beam on to fucking Nero's ship, which is made up entirely of no stairs and no railings. Yeah. That's correct. It looks like a withered aloe vera plant, <laughs> um, and it is incredibly wet. It's so wet. Every surface is, like, everyone's ankle deep in uh, just water. Which is amazing, because if any floor extended for three feet, it drops off for 300. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what's going on is there's just a series of, like, pools of stagnant water that occasionally form stagnant waterfalls falling onto other Ugh, oh yeah. yeah, it's really—it's just a swamp intermingled with abysses. Right, seriously, like <laughs> fuck Romulans, guys. Like, uh, Lorenzo, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> like this is their newest technology. <laughs> I know. I love that their ship that's from like fifty years in the future yeah. with advanced technology is a giant wet fart of in, yeah. in, in spaceship form. It's it was literally inspired by the second level of the original Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk and uh, Spock go on to the giant uh, oh, yeah. fucking gnarled witch finger ship. Yeah. And uh, he's flipping through stun and kill settings on his phaser like it's going out of style. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how he's keeping track yeah. of what it's set to, which I think is a very important thing to keep track of. Do you think his of. finger just keeps slipping and he's doing it by mistake? No, it's ego. <laughs> All ego. <laughs> do, do, do you think maybe he's got like a, he made like a bet earlier on. He's like, I'm going to kill... 20 Romulans and then like he started killing too many and he's like oh shit if I go over I'm gonna lose my prices right flip right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the stun oh no no not enough lives. people are dying flip blah, 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 blah. okay that could be a good reason so yeah. they fucking fight and they get to Spock's old ship that has all the red matter on it Spock's yeah. new Oh, Whoa. technically, Whoa. that's true. So Spock this is like restaurant at the end of the universe shit. It's yeah. real hard to keep so, track of the tents. Yeah. So Spock Beta gets in Spock Prime's ship, yeah. uh, and then the ship recognizes him as Ambassador Spock, and then he's like, "Kirk, I think you've been lying to me." And Kirk's like, "Mo," and, and just, then Nero's all like, "Spock." <laughs> 
<laughs> That's almost exactly what happens. Yeah. Spock steals the ship that is technically his, but isn't his. So is it stealing or is it borrowing or is it just like... It's not like taking the keys from your dad because it's still yeah, him. Write your congressman and let him know about your viewpoints on this pertinent Sorry, issue. guys. I'm Dude. in a real conundrum. I don't know whether or not future me should be allowed to take stuff from now. Me. <laughs> Can I trust that future me really needs it? Here's the thing, though. In case I don't know. past who you. Fu- who did, fu- past who did you future you vote future. for? <laughs> it's past you stealing from present you? Or it's present you stealing from Future you? It's parallel me stealing from future you. That's what's going on. <laughs> okay. So he takes the red matter and he fucking gets out of the shit. Yeah, he yeah. just fucking hauls ass. Meanwhile, uh, Kirk is just running around shooting, cowboying it up yeah. around the ship until he finally finds Christopher Pike. Uh, and then he's about to, Oh, no, no, he doesn't. He gets no. captured by Nero and his goon. His one main goon. His hired goon. Yeah, his goon. And uh, Nero's basically like, I know who you are from Earth's history, and I'm going to kill you. Uh, and then he finds out that Spock escapes, and he's like, Spock! And he runs after him. Yeah. And then his goon's like, I'm going to kill you, Kirk. And Kirk's like, I got your gun. And he's like, oh! And then he shoots that guy in the gut, and he falls off one of the millions of pits in the middle <laughs> of the ship. Yeah. That's 15 miles wide and 5 miles tall. Yeah. Uh, and so Kirk finally finds uh, Cap- uh, Admiral he finds a Pike, Chris Pike, <laughs> yeah, Captain Pike, Captain yeah. Pike. He finds the Pike. Uh, they call him that because of the big stick he carries around with heads on it, and or because of the giant fish that he carries. Which Get is it? There's two different kinds of pikes. Inappropriate. <laughs> they uh, N- not his penis though. I don't. I didn't want to get obvious with it, John. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I am a gentleman. I am a gentleman of class. I am a man of wealth and taste. I wonder he's if he's a Bob Hope of podcasts. If, if we could, that's right, because I swing golf clubs at people's heads all the time. I just wonder if we listen to this podcast, we can pinpoint the exact moment we all lost our minds. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will let us know when they did. Kirk uh, and Pike escape the uh, witch fingership, and they get back on the Enterprise. And uh, Spock, meanwhile, is getting trailed. He's getting missile shot at him. And he's like, nah, fuck this. And he just starts one-way collision course back at Nero's ship, just like Kirk's old man did. But just before the missiles start to hit him, the Enterprise shows up and starts blowing missiles up left and right, giving him a clear view. And then the ship's like, "Uh, Spock, if you crash into this ship, all the red matter is going to explode. And he's like, duh, beam! And he disappears. The fucking Enterprise backs off, and then the ship gets in there, and then that red matter tears that ship Oh. It creates a giant black hole, and they hail uh, the they hail Captain Same. Nero. And they do. Uh, they're the best uh, death metal band out of Texas that never settled on a name. <laughs> they hail Anton Lavey. <laughs> Uh, but they hail Nero and they say, look, Nero, bygones be bygones. We'll still help you out if you need uh, uh, us to lend a hand in this humanitarian crisis. We're here to help. Spock says, what the fuck are you talking about, Kirk? <laughs> I want to see this motherfucker dead. And Kirk's like, well, I just thought, you know, maybe you'd want He's like, no, nah. here's the thing that doesn't make sense is Kirk's reasoning is, well, it's a diplomatic move for the Romulan Empire. The current Romulan Empire has, has nothing no to idea. do with this. I agree with you. Right. They have no fucking clue. Like, and he says the in plan? the beginning, he says, uh, we're not alone. on part of the Romulan Empire. We stand apart. Because we're from the goddamn future. 
Because yeah. meanwhile, the Romulan Empire is uh, way back on on Remus, and they like they've just gotten hair metal. Like they haven't gotten to the oh, yeah. Biscuit yeah. era yet. Yeah. They're just still they're still listening to Britney Fox and Cinderella and <laughs> fucking Poison and shit. Boy, I don't know any of those yeah. people. Jar- you don't know who Poison is? It ain't nothing but a good time. It All songs used on this podcast are the property of beer, body counts of beers. Every rose has a thorn. Oh, every rose has a thorn. Yeah, sure, that's sure. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, dude. I used to uh, parody that song, say, Every Rose Has a that Ooh, is hilarious. Oh, yeah. oh shit. You, guys, Weird Al Yankovic is in the <laughs> studio. Download Tiberius' album. Not Weird Al. He's got plenty of money. Get that Tiberius yeah. album. It's really good. It's called We're Here. So uh, anyway, Nero uh, Nero says, no thank you. I would rather die in agony <laughs> than accept help no, from you. I would rather watch Romulus. Oh, well, I guess it is named Romulus because he did. Yeah, yeah. I would rather watch Romulus Shit. be destroyed a thousand times. Nope, guys, times wait, wait, wait! Stop! We got to go back and re-record this entire <laughs> podcast. We've been saying the wrong planet. Yeah, that's right. Man. Remus is the moon of Romulus, right? Let's talk yeah. about the ending of this goddamn movie. Yeah, we're so, yeah, we're so, so they close. shoot all the lasers and torpedoes at Nero's yeah. ship as it explodes, and yeah. then they're which like, is really just like asshole overkill. Yeah. It's already being torn apart by fifty black holes. But right. we've already seen what going through a black hole can do. It which is up the whole nothing. Timeline, so it just shoots you out well somewhere else. So they, yeah. uh, but oh no, the Enterprise is caught in the gravity well of this black hole. What are we gonna do? And Scotty's like, I don't know. Shoot some warp cores at it, and they're like, fucking. Brilliant, I guess. Uh, the explosion shoots them away from the black Doesn't hole. Destroy them. No, Just it definitely, them it certainly it's, it's, engulfs it's, them for yeah, a while. It's powerful enough to basically negate a black hole. Yeah, it is the yellow. Powerful. It is the uh, the yellow matter to the red matter. Yeah, red matter, yellow matter, red matter. Yellow. I gotta warm up for my improv show. <laughs> <laughs> I have been sitting on that for three hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But it's it, but it's not powerful enough to like destroy an already damaged enterprise yeah. that is by the way made out of like plaster and like plastic uh, old uh, old Apple stores yeah <laughs> but yeah science will prove that that is incapable of rendering inert an enterprise ship Listen, so it sends it away from the black hole have you never walked home from a Taco Bell if you fart you walk a little faster <laughs> everyone behind you dies <laughs> no. And I think Jar Jar Abrams was not worried about science at this point. I mean, he's so was close was to Jar Jar Abrams worried about anything? Uh, maybe getting a sweet guitar solo in the movie? Uh, lens flares and mystery boxes? The Jar Jar Abrams story? If that is not the title of your autobiography, sir, I will ghostwrite it for you for free. Working Hi. with Greg Grunberg one more time. <laughs> Every movie could be our last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Enterprise successfully escapes Nero. Nero and his ship are uh, exploded and then sent through a black hole. So parts of them are probably dead, and then other parts of them are showing up at an Arby's in our timeline right yep. now. Oh, Jesus. By mistake, don't go to Arby's. But uh, cut to, instead, cut to Tyler Perry giving Captain Kirk the, I don't know, Medea wig of excellence, I guess. Yeah, he's getting the yeah. the Starfleet uh, He's getting the Yavin 4 battle medal, like at the end <laughs> yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. And again, Chewie doesn't get a medal. No, it's rough. Ridiculous. Well, he had nothing to pin the medal on. I mean, come on. It was a it's not a pin medal. It's got a necklace <laughs> oh, part. I'm thinking of the pin from Star Trek and the necklace in Star Wars. Okay, okay. You get it. And he could pin it on his bandolier, dude. Yeah, that's live ammunition. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> 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 it's like a 
gonna puncture that. <laughs> the John Rooney's right. decorated shotgun shells. <laughs> so, uh, Kirk and Spock are back aboard the Enterprise. And Kirk- They're uh, walking around the runway, and Spock says, I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. That's right, Spock is the Humphrey Bogart of this universe. And Kirk is just like, I'm a French guy. Sylvester <laughs> 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 Stallone, when did you get in here? You shouldn't have left that go. Oh, I was doing. I was trying to continue the Casablanca thing. <laughs> oh, uh, but you can't underscore how cool it is when Kirk walks onto the bridge with his yellows on, and he says, "Bones," just like William Shatner does. It's right. just so awesome. Like everything's in place for this to be an awesome adventure of movies, and it never comes to that. But right, because Benetton Cumbersnatch shows up in the next movie to play Khan. <laughs> what, what, what was your perfect name for him? Uh, the, the oh, uh, Reginald no. Colonial. Uh, no, no, that was not it. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Thumblewit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord, Lord Regent Tea Time. I am Dorinda f- Queen's King. <laughs> I am fine with never hearing Reginald Colonial again. Yeah. <laughs> Thumblewit. That's it. Uh, cut to credits and cut to bullet points. And our first bullet point is body counts. Body counts. Patrick, what do you think the body count of this movie is? Well, we know that the billions died on Vulcan and some 50-odd Klingon shit. Oh, man, and all the Federation. I'm going to go with uh, a good 5 billion. Lorenzo, what's your body count for this movie? Yeah, I think Vulcan had more than Earth's population. So I'm going to go... Really wanted a price is right, you do it, man. <laughs> no, I can't. You don't want to go 501? <clears throat> no, because that'll be wrong. That'll be very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'll go, I'll go seven and a half billion. Seven and a half billion. No, John, I know that uh, JJ Abrams had a lot to do with the first season of Lost, so I'm gonna go uh, 815 billion. Oh, <laughs> the final tally, the uh, the confirmed body count for this. And this comes from the website alloutofbubblegum.com. This is where I get all of our body counts from. Is 53. <laughs> Damn it, I knew they didn't count the genocides. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. Or the is entire it? obliteration of the Starfleet. Yeah. So basically, yeah. and even on the website, it acknowledges those as unconfirmed kills. No, but I think, seeing, I think seeing an entire planet turned into like floating space yeah, dust. I can yeah. safely confirm that. Yeah, there is at least, I would say, you have Romulus that's destroyed. You have, uh, or Remus, or whatever we're calling it. Uh, uh, Vulcan. Vulcan destroyed all the Federation ships. All uh, the Klingon ships. Which from is the, over uh, 50 Klingon ships. All the Klingon ships, the Kelvin. Uh, and then whoever else might have been, like, boating near San Francisco when the giant laser <laughs> yeah. beam was attacking yeah, it. In. So, yeah, I mean, my body count would be at least, like, close to, like, 12, 13 billion. Oh, Just and billions. an entire franchise. Yeah. Oh. Wow! I mean, I wouldn't consider that 100 percent correct because they made two more movies after it, <laughs> and one more's in the pipeline. So and another series, yeah. and another series. <laughs> so they're doing just fine. <laughs> Moving on to our next bullet point: best kill. Best kill, John. 
Best kill. Oh man, everyone's looking at me with anger because I'm going to take the only correct answer, which is that fucking red shirt who opened his <laughs> dumb parachute way too fucking late. What's great about it, not only is it visually just an incredibly visceral death, but there's no gore to it, so there's no there's there's pure celebration in the um, <laughs> excitement of the violence but also that asshole did it to himself a hundred percent that was your own dumb fault for literally no reason you idiot oh yeah yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> Lorenzo best kill when uh, Spock is in the uh, Vulcan uh, chamber in the caves and he's telling them all to run away uh, there's this giant statue of a Vulcan giving the love, live long and prosper, and it falls over right on top of this. It is hilarious. He died of irony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is hilarious. Yeah. Patrick, best kill. You know, early on, uh, it's uh, the captain of the Kelvin. Uh, uh, Nero has a spear that opens up like a post hole digger, and he just <laughs> shoves it through the guy's chest. It reminds me a lot of uh, the angel's, like, heart grabber from The Prophecy 3. <laughs> I know a lot of people are with me on this wow. one. I know a lot of people are with me on this one. Probably the best Christopher Walken movie? Possibly, yeah. Take that, deer hunter. Take that, <laughs> click. <laughs> I don't know, I'm a nine lives man myself. <laughs> uh, Mark, best kill. My best kill is going to George Kirk. Uh, and the reason why I'm giving it to him is because he's in the process of, like, finding out, like, oh, shit, my life's gonna be over. Oh, shit, my wife's having a baby. I gotta name this baby. Don't name it after my dad. That's stupid. Oh, I gotta drive this ship into this other ship. And just as it explodes, he's like, I love you. And then he's literally ejected from flame directly at the camera yeah. and there's this really terrible CGI dummy of Chris Hemsworth <laughs> yeah. being thrown at the camera and it is Hilarious. It is, and it is definitely an audience put on your 3D glasses. Yeah. It really yeah. is. <laughs> oh, I do want to give just a quick honorable mention to the Romulan that Kirk throws down the pit just because it's the only pit fatality I think we've Ooh, had so Han far. Yeah. That's a right. fatality. Yeah. Yeah. No Wilhelm scream. Very disappointing. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You know what? There's got to be a Wilhelm scream in there somewhere. Maybe in there's the a goddamn R two D two floating in the wreckage of Starfleet. So there's definitely a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, they scream. did that. They did that. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a Yoda in that cave. They call him Spock, and he talks forward, so it's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also ET's in the Senate. <laughs> He's sitting right next to Admiral Medea. It's really weird. <laughs> During the court martial. It's so strange. Uh, moving on to our next bullet point. War crimes. War crimes. Lorenzo, talking about some war crime. Oh, I don't know if there were any in this one. <laughs> uh, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, peacefully died in this movie. <laughs> Um, the number one killer was being too content. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'd the say. number the number one killer was just living on a planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd say uh, if I had to choose between the two, I'd go with Vulcan just because they were all about peace and logic, and the Romulans are all about war. So they definitely did not expect it the most. Right, the Vulcans uh, who run around and find new ways to bully their children, all about <laughs> peace and logic, certainly didn't deserve to have their well, planet. I mean, come on, he was a half-eaten. 
<laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Let's be fair here. <laughs> oh, are you talking about you're half humey? Gross. <laughs> and it's it's gonna last for a long time because there's no Vulcan. No matter yeah. how many movies they do, there's no Vulcan. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. The genocide of a whole race of people. Oh, most yeah. of a race yeah. of people. Yeah. If only you had a missile that could like completely reshape a planet exactly how you programmed it. I don't know. I'm getting my Sega Genesis to work again on an unrelated topic. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, guys, I just Wait started a minute. minute. I just started reading the Bible. I am loving this first chapter. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, uh Fire it's, and I, it's, I, it's not Revelations. That's it. I think it's right. I think it's right. I think it's right. Patrick War Crimes. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the using of a piece of industrial equipment to murder millions of people. Frankly, I haven't seen that kind of evil this side of the battleship Potemkin. <laughs> so nice, many... bringing it back to the silent era. Yeah, he could have gone Deepwater Horizon. People, let's give him. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have that same the workers taking it against the man though. Yeah. yeah. Good point. You just got a bunch of miners, lost their families, and now they're wrecking the place. Lenin would be proud. <laughs> That's like if the Chilean miners got rescued yeah. and then got their hands on a nuke <laughs> and then just dropped it on Chile. But got it there via a minecart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> via a minecart. That's the important like part. Like a fucking Donkey Kong level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John, war crimes. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say the... It happens pretty early on in the movie, and it may seem inconsequential, but it's the actual cheating on the Kobayashi Maru. That is a military test given to cadets. He then... He steals the source code. Right. Which, first off, there's some shades of Snowden in there. Right. Ooh, we should uh, watch source Hey, code. hey. Was that a crime, though, John? Uh, I would say... <laughs> I mean, he's been forced to live in Russia? (laughs) Isn't that punishment enough? (laughs) Just go watch Oliver Stone's Snowden. I'm sure all your questions will be answered in an unbiased and balanced way. (laughs) Oliver Stone is making a movie and that hurts. (laughs) But the reason no, that no, I, Oliver Stone made a movie oh, and it's out. Oh, it's worse now. But the, the reason that praised. I bring ah, that up is no, for, it's not <laughs> for two reasons uh, that I bring up this particular war crime. Because number one, it's immediately caught and he is given a court martial, which is the first time we have seen Starfleet work with any kind of efficiency <laughs> or justification whatsoever. They are immediately solving that problem. But number two. Even if there was no court-martial and Kirk got away with it, he would be dangerously unprepared to be a Starfleet captain because you can't hack the Romulan shields when you're in the middle of a fucking war zone, dude. Uh, it's Klingon shields and those you can. Yeah, <laughs> they actually do hack those in which movie? Ah, oh, crap. Hackers? No, Klingon that's shields. not the Slackers. one. That's not the one either. Flatliners. God damn it, Mark. You're <laughs> Scanners. Not, you're Stephen not King's helping. Dream Time. The Langoliers. Dreamcatcher. Maximum oh, Overdrive. It, oh, it's fucking it's Wrath, Wrath of Khan. Khan. Yeah. yeah, Wrath of Khan. It's not a Klingon ship. It's yeah, no, it's Enterprise the other ship. Federation. Yeah. And they use the source code. The source Because they've got it. Yep. <laughs> it's West Side Story. Yeah. No, the source code's very important, John. How do you solve a problem like the Klingons? <laughs> With snaps. <laughs> How do you solve a problem like the Klingons? <laughs> 
with knives and, uh, <laughs> and institutional racism. That's called the battle. It's not a knife. You hate Star Trek. Yeah. You hate Star Trek, so. Uh, I don't hate Star Trek. I'm merely ambivalent towards it. <laughs> for you, that's hate. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> no, for me, hate is hate. <laughs> You're just such a fan of such pop culture, and, you know, you love stories and characters, but Star Trek, it's just gone under your radar. For I grew so long. up with Star Wars. Like, Star Wars to me is just more fun. It's yeah. more adventurous. I mean, and here's the thing. Now you can't say it, but when I was a kid and it was Star Wars versus Star Trek, it was like, if I wanted to see a bunch of assholes sit around and just talk all day about politics, yeah. I'll fucking watch C-SPAN. But now you can't even say that because fucking the prequels came out and it's like, my pass a quorum, I've got a law. Yeah, that is interesting how they like swapped sides, right? right? There, was a, there was a point where all of a sudden George Lucas was like, ah, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if everyone just sat around and bitched all day <laughs> but what about what about lightsabers George man eh, we'll get to it <laughs> I'll put somebody uh, I'll put Christopher Lee's face on a 20 year old dude and it'll be fine uh, Mark war crimes <laughs> <laughs> I think we know what your guesses are Mark I think we've heard yeah, the production of the prequel yeah. damn uh, no I think my war crime uh, for this movie would probably Probably, God, I don't know. I'm not very yeah, smart. See, these assholes took all the good ones. I'm yeah. trying to get in there with the Kobayashi hey, Maru, hey, hey. and I get voted down. I hey, fucking were... gave a Battleship Potemkin reference to get my ass yeah. out of this question. All right, I will say this. I think probably the closest thing I can come to a war crime is this. Kirk is promoted to first officer by Christopher Pike. The only people who see this are Christopher Pike... Spock and red shirt guy who blows up. Yeah. That, oh, and Sulu. That's it. When when Kirk comes back to the ship after he like has Spock beat him up and gets sent to the brig, Kirk is just like, "I'm in charge now." Nobody else knows that he is been promoted. At this point, basically, he is causing a mutiny on the ship. <laughs> yeah, he is commandeering a yeah. he's government just, vessel. Yeah, he's stealing this a ship. This will not be the last time. And on top of that, record. the fact that Starfleet, which is not a military institution, no. it is a peacekeeping institution, the fact that they are, A, loaded with weapons is probably a bad idea, and the fact that, B, that they are going out and they're attacking other ships, like, that is kind of a scary prop. Like, that's like the UN. I mean, the UN does have attack ships, so never mind. Yeah. Take that, real world um <laughs> those are chapter seven starfleet ships buddy <laughs> they've got peace making authority <laughs> oh right of course i am so sorry let's just move on because i'm out of ideas uh you used our- them all up on describing that fucking nero ship yeah, yeah did. i did. did it's like the wicked witch of the west from wizard of oz melted down after some water and then reconstituted herself into some fucking uh, tentacle sex. I was going to say a bunch of rusted toenail clippers. Yeah, there we go. Oh, Perfect. Whoa. Thank you. Whoa, nice Good save, save buddy. Good yeah. save. You got it. Uh, nice. To our last bullet point, is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is this an action well, movie? Well, it's certainly not a Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a Star Wars movie in Star Trek clothing. Yeah, with a touch of, uh, uh, oh man, uh, with a touch of... It's probably more Battlestar Galactica yeah, than anything. Yeah, mm, for sure. Uh, if it's not an action movie, I don't know whatever the hell else it could possibly be. There's nothing else that happens of any note. 
there's no one's like character I care about. No one has a relationship I give a damn about. I can't imagine that there was some sort of idea or message I was being sold. Really, uh, a lot of things blew up. So yeah, it's an action movie. All right. Lorenzo, is this an action movie? Yeah, my answer may be different if I were to sit in on all of these sessions, but I'd have to say that any movie made after September 11 with guns in it is an action movie. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now that's the kind of political commentary that you typically get from a Star Trek movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for giving a well-thought-out response, dick. Yeah. John, is this an action movie? Yep. Thanks, John. All right, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Mark, is this an action movie? I'm going to say no, actually. I don't think this is. I think this is... Patrick (laughs) Mutiny! Code 4. Look, if you want to run the Twitter page, be my guest. Oh, no. Uh, No, 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 no. I vote for Mark, king of the podcast. I didn't think so. Mark, we're giving you a field promotion back to captain. (laughs) Fantastic. That's what you get for inciting an emotional response in me. Uh, no, I don't. I, I I don't think it is an action movie. I think it's a sci-fi movie. I think it's an adventure movie, but I don't think it's an action movie. And here's why: I don't have enough action. There's there's mm-hmm. too much sitting around and just going like, you did this, boo-hoo, I'm doing fan service. And there's not nearly enough explosions, gunfights, kicks to the face. Nobody is roundhoused in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody is stabbed. Nobody even gets karate uh, Lies, shot. lies. The uh, Romulan on the mining platform not was stabbed. totally stabbed nope, through the he chest. Was, he's impaled. That's different. Uh, I'm talking about knives. Knives are stabbing. Knife, yeah. Bladed weapons. Yeah. This is a this is a pike. This is a, a, a spear. That's a whole different beast. No, I'm talking about Sulu when he uses sword his robot dude. sword to stab the Romulan through nope, the chest. that's an attack by a robot. That's a different thing. <laughs> okay. You really want to be right about this. I am right about this. This is not an action movie. It's an adventure movie, a sci-fi movie. It is uh, a parable for our times, but it is not an action movie. Can I say all other Star Trek movies have not the same amount of action, but I would not... Less action? Um... Less, I would say uh, less. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... Well, except yeah, they, but they make the non-action bits compelling through intergalactic diplomacy yeah, even and up through a, political through the use of dramatic even, technique? Yeah, sure. even up to insurrection, it was a question of, like, ethics and, you know, just... It was diplomacy. like a philosophical question yeah, that and, would start each and movie. And now it's all yeah. blood and guts, even though we didn't see blood and guts, you yeah. know? It's all kick-ass. It's all things yeah. blow... It's all adrenaline. Right, all for adrenaline. sure. And I did get re- I started to lose a lot of patience when uh, they did the Vulcan mind meld with Kirk and we started flashing back to things we had already seen in the in movie. In the movie, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Patrick, final review of 2009 Star Trek. Like... A really, 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 really great movie version of the 70s Battlestar Galactica. Like, Loren- really great. Lorenzo, final review of... Um, I'll see Star Trek in any way, shape, or form. Keep them coming. I love Star Trek. John, final review. I set my phasers to give this movie all the trouble with Tribbles. Wow. Wow. What did you want to go with there? Yeah, right, right? I had two jokes I wanted to make, and I thought, why choose? <laughs> so did Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> Hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. Make it happen, or no, no. Download the album. <laughs> In fact, if you could tweet at JJ Abrams yeah. with download the album, no other context, <laughs> hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> 
This, this should happen. Mark, final review of 2009 Star Trek. I like it, but I think I like it because it is more Star Wars than Star Trek. And also, uh, you're all wrong. It's a good movie. Thank you. Did whoa, nobody whoa. said it was a bad movie. Whoa. Yes, you did. You all said it was a bad movie. Every single one of you walked up to this microphone and you're like, this movie's a giant steaming pile of shit. And then I was like, no, you're wrong. And you're like, no, you're wrong, Mark. And uh-huh. then you demoted me and then re-promoted me. I remember this exactly how I Every single one of you said Mark, this movie belongs Mark. in a garbage can. Every one of you said every single copy of this movie should be found and set on fire. Every single one of you said every single copy of this movie should be taken to New Mexico and thrown in a pit with E.T. games. No one oh, is... No, arg- I did say that one. <laughs> That's right. No one is arguing with what you're saying here. We're just saying that we re-promoted you not because you were right on this issue, but because neither of us wants to run the Twitter page. Fantastic. Well, for another edition of Body Counts and Beer, I am Mark Rosendahl. I'm John Rooney. I am Patrick Prime. <laughs> no, God, what's happened? And say, say goodbye to our special guest. Uh, again, he is one half of the comedy duo uh, Tiberius. Their album is available on Spotify. It's called We're Here. It is hilarious. Uh, I like Pass Lorenzo, the song. I think it's a great song. Or Earth Brother, both very good. Uh, they have videos on YouTube as well. Check them out. Uh, Lorenzo Toy, everybody. Give him a hand. Woo! Thank you, thank you. You can download the album or whatever. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Download the album, hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Voyager Bromley, John, the Next Generation Rooney, and Mark Enterprise Rosenthal. Thanks to our special guest, Lorenzo Toya. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are digitally distributed. Please uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.